Andy, good win. Yeah, I'm not the expert on this. I was watching uh, with one eye because I was working um, because it was one of the rare weekends I couldn't get off. But from the you know the performance from first half to second half, I think there was a, a marked difference. So I'm going to give man of the match to Phil Parkinson because I think he must have got in them at half time. And what's happened a few times this season is first half they looked sluggish, but they've grown into the game. They've managed to get on the front foot in the second half. Thought they were a lot better. Um, and you know you can't can't argue with a debut goal either. No, superb. Sorry, everyone, if I'm a bit echoey, by the way, because we just discovered that my microphone isn't really working, and I was having to shriek into it, which no one wants. Um, but Liam, congratulations to Anthony Ford, our right back. Is, uh, is that right? Well, I don't work on the maternity unit, but uh, from what I understand, Mark Griffiths did make the announcement that, uh, yeah, that his partner's giving birth on the uh, official commentary. So, yeah, congratulations to him. Plus, it means he's fit, which is yeah. welcome news. That's huge. Welcome news. Uh, Tim, how are you this week? Are you well? Wonderful. Wonderful. You look like I you do. look like Chewbacca. I do. What are you wearing? Uh, I I don't know. It's just a, a hooded top, not made of um, Wookiee skin. It has to be said. I don't know. It's just a cosy hoodie thing. It looks comfortable. Um, not 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 knocking it. Um, it's it's, it's yeah. lovely. It's, it's 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 Peter assured, no doubt. But it's definitely not made <laughs> of any animal skin. Just okay. just for just for the record. But yeah, no, all good. Um, happy with. With uh, put, putting the pressure back on again, isn't it? You know, we were chasing, then we were at the top, then they come back. Now we're chasing again, but I just think, um, yeah, it's just going to be a crazy, crazy nip and tuck end, and we could be top. We could be top by Saturday before they even kick off. So here's hoping. Um, do we hate county fans? I'm finding it. I, I don't want to hate them, but I'm finding them a bit. Some of them a bit salty. I I. This is where I become the voice of reason again. I just, I, I think we can be as bad as each other. And I just think we would be exactly the same. In fact, I'm, I'm sure we were exactly the same when, let's face it, we spent a lot of money, right? We, we are now the team that we have been slagging off for the past 15 years. Any motivation you can use to, to keep in the fight and be up for it is what I'd be doing. But yeah, some of it is a bit you know, is a bit cringe. Personally, I would like to see us both go up. It obviously is what should happen, isn't it? So the Chesterfield fans are the annoying ones, to be fair. Ah, it's got because the, they got Chester in the name, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Anyway, much more on that. And we've got lots for you to come on the podcast today, including two special guests. So uh, let's get on with the show. Is it a show or an episode? I'm going to say episode. We're not. We're not. It's an occasion. It's an occasion. I call it a gala. Let's gala. get on with the gala. Welcome all to feel us in devotion, the Wrexham AFC podcast. Uh, who are we sponsored by, Liam? I believe it is the bar, the boar, the bar, the boar that is rather rotund. You had one job, mate. One, one you gotta, job. 
you've got to say it so people can search it on on social media and on Google. It's the fat bull in Wrexham. It's the yeah, the fat bull, and also I'm going to its partner venue, the Carnivore, on Friday for cocktails and food. So everyone should just follow in my footsteps and do exactly the same. Is it a partner venue when there's that many of them? Surely it's a, I don't know, a companion venue. Or yeah, well, they're venue? all. I'd say they're all as good as, as as one another, really. So come one, come all. Go yeah. to whichever bore you want, really. Yeah, I can can agree with you more. Uh, anyway, back to the uh, important matters. Not that the fat boy isn't important. It's the most important thing in the world. The second most important thing in the world is Wrexham. Another big win on the road. Fantastic away win in Altrincham. Uh, that's nine points from three away games in a row. Look like banana skins. Can't be too unhappy with that, can we? Sure, Phil. Won five league games on the spin. Um, and I, th- I think we mentioned this on the earlier podcast. We were saying, well, you know, the away, the away form is not quite there yet and we really need to transfer some of this home form into the away form. And we've done it. We've done it. Um, like Annie's already said, even if it's not pretty, we can grit it out and you just know there's going to be quality at some point in that game. It doesn't need to be much, but when it does come, like, you know, Palmer's goal, that's what you pay for. One touch, control, second touch in the net. And that, that's what gets us back into the game. And yeah, a nice little debut winner for, for our new signing. How do you say his name, Tim? Erwin. If, you, if, 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 you're, from, if you're from Cheshire, you say Erwin. If you're from Wrexham, you say Owen La. Yeah, great goal. Great finish from Ollie Palmer as well. Liam. He took that nicely, didn't he? Yeah, I think he looks he looks a bit more like himself these last few games for me. You know, he might not have um might not have scored in the, the cup game, but just his overall contribution, he looks a bit more confident, causing quite a lot of problems for teams. He looks yeah, you know, I wouldn't say he's had a mega bad spell, but he has a, had a spell where it looks like his head's dipped a bit and his confidence wasn't quite there. But I think I think he's back to full Ollie Palmer now after that. That lovely first touch and finish. He looks the the real deal again. Yeah, superb. Um, it means we've got the all important game against Sheffield United on Tuesday night. Let's not uh, discuss that too much now because we've got a guest on later who is going to be able to go through that in detail with us. But really quickly, Andy, are we going full noise? Are we going full strength? I hope so. I've taken the I've taken Wednesday off work. I'm going full noise. Um... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've never been to Bramall Lane. Um, and, you know, it's a proper good old venue, isn't it? Uh, driving up with a car full of us, I think he'll play a more or less a full team. Um, people saying that maybe Mullin looked a little tired yesterday, but I, are you going to be the man who tells Paul Mullin, nah, you're not playing tonight? It, it's not happening. Um, they'll, they'll go full strength, I think, and then I think they'll worry about they'll worry about Willstone uh, after that. But, I, I I just want them to have a good good display. Just they didn't let themselves down last Sunday. I don't think they will on Tuesday either. Good stuff. Wrexham going full noise. Andy, any more news this week for Wrexham fans? Yeah, yeah there's news. Wrexham are coming to America. They're taking part in a one million dollar winner takes all seven versus seven world championship. They'll be one of 32 teams taking part in an inaugural event in Kearney, North Carolina. Early in June 2020. Carrie in it, not Carney. Is it? Carrie? <laughs> oh. oh, I've sent you to the wrong place. I've <laughs> sent you to Carney, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, carry on. No one's heard of it anyway. Carry on. 
joining former US national team star Clint Dempsey, popular British football and esports club Hashtag United and the US women's team, among others. Among others, Reese. Wow, amazing. I mean, uh, Wrexham's team will feature club legends, including personalities seen in Welcome to Wrexham. And one of those is friend of the podcast, all-round good guy, Paul Rutherford, who joins us now. How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, I'm good, mate, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a strange time, isn't it? Wrexham going to America and everything, you'd have thought it, you know, five yeah. years ago on the sign. Brilliant. I think, we, um, I think we'll have to use the term legend loosely as well, by the way. <laughs> We're having none of that, Paul. None of that. On this pod, <laughs> not on this pod, we're not. <laughs> I appreciate that on this pod, but I think in the scheme of things, we have to be a little bit realistic. Well, you're a, you're a fearless in devotion legend anyway, mate. I think you might even be still on most listened to podcast, just actually second after Sam Ricketts, but still. I am Sam, sit me there. Listen, I don't know anything about hashtag United. Can you promise that you'll two foot um, a la... Sorry about this. Ala dagging him away. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, that was the first tackle I put in, in my career, so I, I don't think there's much chance of a second one. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, YouTubers, I'm guessing, it's just they're everywhere these days. Anyway, tell us more about... Well, you know, my son used to watch that. He used to watch Hashtag United a little bit. So they are YouTubers, yeah. So yeah, I'm surprised they're there, to be honest. I didn't know. Mm. Well, there we go. Anyway, what, what more can you tell us about You know how you got involved and what, what else you know about it? It, uh, to be honest, mate, we, we don't really know a lot about it at the moment. Um, I, I, yeah, you just saw the press release and now you've got, you've got to tell your wife you've got to go. <laughs> yeah, well, but to be fair, I think the fact that it ended up on, obviously, Ryan Reynolds' Instagram helped me get it past the wife. But um, the, there's a few uh, logistics to work out. It's me, me son's birthday. We had a holiday booked and uh, it's our anniversary as well. So, wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made it easy for yourself. Yeah. Triple whammy, it's still to him um, to sort out logistically. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a couple of issues with a couple of the lads. So, we're, we're hopeful. It's like I say, it's a it, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's it's going to be a great experience for us. Um, so it's something that you know, I certainly want to make work and everything, but in terms of details, I've not, I've not really been given a lot to be honest. Just... Yeah, an announcement and a text message so far. Like I say, it's a it's an experience that I'll be you know that I'll be really grateful to to take. Um, I just have to work out the logistics of it, and like I say, I'm really excited. And it, it's like you say, it's surreal, isn't it? If you've you know, I know a lot of the fans have had it, and you know a lot of the current players have had it. But you know, when you your mates are texting you saying you're on Ryan Reynolds' Instagram account, it's you know it's a little bit bizarre to be honest, especially when you've just got back in from from taxiing your kids around all day. Paul, what came first? Did the text come first or, or seeing it on Ryan Reynolds' Instagram? Because I, I imagine... Be fair, to be first. fair, I'm probably... It, it, was loosely, it was loosely put to us. Um, there wasn't a lot of details when it was put to us. It was just, you know, would you be interested? Um, would, you, um, would you be available for, for these dates, possibly? It was... I think it, the pitch to us the last week of May, the first week of June, and um, we said that, you know, we, we possibly would be. There was just obviously a few logistics about it. And then, to be honest, on Friday evening, I was I was out coaching. So, um, I was up at Everton coaching. So, I, I, I don't know whether the announcement come first or the text message, but I, I sort of got all the texts off my mates coming through saying, what's this, what's that, what's this? Sort of give me a little bit of banter and so on. And then, I obviously read further through my text messages and seen... That um that you know Sean Harvey had texted us. Amazing. So you, Sean Pearson, Mark Carrington, are the confirmed legends. We'll put that in, in apostrophes for your good self. 
as you've already pointed out. No, to be honest, it's not just myself. I think I'm more concrete than some of the others. I just don't want to throw anyone under the bus, to be honest. <laughs> Have you spoken to those guys yet? And when's the first practice match been lined up for? <laughs> to be fair, I think we might need a few practice matches. Certainly, if you watch me play any time soon, <laughs> I might need a couple of practice matches. But um, no, to be fair, I speak to the lads quite often. Uh, we were, you know, we were a really close group. Um, we we chat all the time. So uh, we're just hopeful that we can, like I say, that, it, that it's possible. You know, I'm, I'm 99% saying it's really, you know, it is possible for me. We just need to obviously get it past the wife with the anniversary and, and the baby's birthday. So um, it should be all right, to be fair. But with, with the lads, I think they've got holidays booked. So, um, yeah, I think they've just got to get around the logistics of that and, you know, how that'll look for them. But like I say, we're, we're all, you know, really excited. You know, I'm one of them, me. I'm a little bit... I'm not a pessimist, but I'm probably I struggle to to get across it. You know how excited I am at times. I'm I'm sort of quite level. I'm never too high, never too low. You know, apart from getting sent off in your last professional game. But um, I was gonna say, yeah, apart from when you're screaming f- off in a changing room really loudly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, apart from when I'm when crying two minutes, wearing my head off for, for five minutes, and then jumping for joy when JP scored to realise it all meant nothing and going back to being gutted. I'm sort of normally just quite level, so um. No, we are actually really excited. And if I'm honest, it's, it's a privilege that, you know, the club wanted to reach out to us and, you know, wanted us to be a part of it. You know, it, it's been, you know, great to see the, the journey that the club's been on, you know, since since I've departed and everything. And, you know, it's really exciting times for everyone. And, you know, to still have some sort of role and, you know, for them to still think of you to be able to represent the club. And, you know, certainly in America is, you know, it's it's... It's a big compliment, to be honest, and something that you know I, I am excited to to do. Paul, you sort of mentioned it there, but when the sort of documentary hit, obviously it, there was a couple episodes in one go, and I think I think your story in episode two sort of hit, you know, it hit a lot of people. It resonated with people. How did you sort of how did you sort of take that in the first couple of days after it? Did did you think it it portrayed you well? Is that what you expected, or was you know what was the reaction like as well? Was that <clears throat> was that more than you were expecting? Yeah, it was. Um, so to be honest, the build up to it, I was dreading it. I was really dreading it because obviously, you know, I'd spoke to you guys about how I was in the changing room. Um, like I say, I'm not really an emotional person, you know, but that that really got me. I sort of, I sort of knew where it was all at um, in terms of you know me me journey with the club. I knew that you know, realistically, time was up. You know, um, it, it was just one of those things. As much as it was it, when I say that it wasn't it wasn't a negative that I knew my journey was coming to an end. That's just it's just reality of life. Um, you know, I was thirty four years of age, I think. So thirty four years of age, the club's just been taken over by you know multi million pound owners. They've got a different ballpark to go and play, in, and ultimately, I'm a national league player. Um, well, I was a national league player. The lads that they're signing are league one players. You know, you have to be honest and be realistic that they can go and sign better players than you. So you know that your journey is coming to an end. Um, so I was dreading it a little bit because, you know, it was an emotional time and everything. And like I say, you know, it was a, it was a mad four days for me, um, obviously around that last game and everything. So I was there thinking, how am I going to come across? How is this going to look? Obviously, you're aware of the interviews that you've done prior to it. And then, you know, funnily enough, the, the scene that, you know, where I was in the house, that was shot after it. So that was shot after the sending off and everything. It was sort of presented to me as, as my They're chance. building a narrative, to, uh, Paul. Do what? They're building a narrative, Paul, aren't they? 
Yeah, well, that's it. Like at that time, it was. I mean, when you look back at it, the short and long of it is, I had the most complete story of the rest of the squad. I had the start and I had an end with the sending off, so it became a storyline. But in terms of how it was pitched to me at that point, it was more like, let's go and get some, um, you know, let's get some reaction to the sending off. Let's see some closure. Let's see how you are after the sending off and everything, you know, and, and obviously. It was pitched more as, you know, this is, like you say, build the character, build, you know, the life around the person and the structure. I thought they represented me as a person and my values really well. Um, you know, I come across, you know, in my opinion, I come across humble, down to earth, working class. And that's that's how I would, you know, describe my personality, to be honest. Um, so I didn't have any problem with how I was represented or anything. Um, and like I say, once, I, once I'd seen it, I was quite relieved. Because in that change room, like I, I was, I was on the phone to my wife. I was crying my eyes out. She was crying on the phone. Um, you know, it, it wasn't nice. I was, you know, crying with the lads and stuff. You know, it, it wasn't nice. So I was quite relieved to be honest that it was only a tiny bit of the crying and a lot of the swearing. <laughs> what about the reaction after it, Paul? I mean, when it sort of hit, because for for, for many people, the, the doc has been a bit of a slow burner. I wonder if you're still sort of getting reaction to it, even even though that that episode was was aired or released quite quite a few months ago. Um, yeah, a little bit. So I will still get people messaging me saying, you know, how how they thought I come across and I come across well. Um, you know, it's weird. I'll be I'll be by man and a couple of people will rep- recognize me and stuff. And oh, you were in that documentary, weren't you? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I was in it, yeah. But um, it's 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 a positive thing, and uh, you know I touched on it at the time. It's a legacy, you know. Obviously, with more time that passes and everything, and you know more water goes under the bridge and stuff in terms of you know we're around that sending off and and everything like that. It's it's something for you know for me kids to see, and you know ultimately I believe Wrexham are going to be on a really really good journey. And I think you know obviously Ryan Reynolds talked the other day. He's like the Premier League's the final stop, and if I'm really honest, I don't see why that doesn't happen. I think over time that there's real scope for that to happen one day and for me to be associated to the club forever pretty much through a documentary you know and how successful the club's going to be is only really going to be a positive for me and you know like I say I I thought it come across really well I liked you know the documentary I thought it was it was fine um you know my mum and dad were a little bit with with um obviously was it was Wayne Jones at the turf saying that I was shit at football or whatever my mum and dad yeah. were a little bit upset at that, but to me, that's just normal. It's you know, some people like you, some people don't like you. People will listen to this podcast and go, What's he talking about? Tim, he's full of nonsense. Other people will be like, Do you know what he talks sense? That's just life. You you know, some people take to you, some people don't take to you, some people are rated as a footballer, some people won't. Ultimately, there's been times when I've hammered Liverpool players or Everton players. The reality is they're much better at football than me. But in that moment when you're emotional and you know, whatever's happened, you're like, well, he's shiting, he's rubbish, he couldn't put one foot in front of the other, how's he playing for them? I fully get it, so th- for me, again, there's no no like ill feeling, no no nothing, really. Wayne was mortified about that too, wasn't he? He, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, when we I mean, spoke to know, him, he was, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, he's, as, as, as you know, and as you've seen, Wayne's a good guy, he's just, he was yeah. caught up in the moment, wasn't he? That's it, but it's like a save. So when Mo Salah misses a chance for Liverpool, I'm like, fucking hell, he's shite him. And I've just been sent off in a game for the club to get into the playoffs. Well, fucking hell, I thought I was shite. <laughs> it's just life. And I fully get it, to be honest. It's a, 
it's one of the big, big positives of Wrexham. I said it my whole time there. The fan base is so passionate. You know, and that's the reason why it sells out. You know, I've seen before that it sold 4,500 tickets for Sheffield United away. You don't sell that with a passive fan base and it's a passionate fan base. Passion can be good, it can be negative, it can be whatever it wants to be. You know, and at times, like I say, I'd, I'd have the exact same opinion in that scenario. So, like I say, he's, he's come across well on the documentary and, you know, as much as it upset me with my dad saying he's shit at football, the post he works hard and all that, it, it is what it is. Like it's, and, and I'd, I'd have agreed. So you haven't been to the butty van to, to straighten him out or anything? Then? <laughs> no, well, I've been to one star reviews online, like... <laughs> the whole family going on there, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Don't eat there, you'll be ill. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean uh, interesting what you said about, you know, that sort of when they filmed with you and, and your kids in the house and stuff, and... You know, I totally agree that you you came across really, really well. I know that lots of people that I know, um, their main that that watched the documentary, they're not Wrexham fans, not even football fans. Some of them, um, actually, the big takeaway from those first couple of episodes was how brutal professional football is at that sort of level. In terms of that, you know, you and quite a few others were let go, and a lot of people saw that as incredibly harsh and harsh, even on Keatsy as well. Um, people who are maybe not so familiar with football and with the club as well. So, you know, do you think it sort of brought that across quite well, sort of how difficult it is for people like you who are just, at the end of the day, making a, a, a living? Yeah, uh, joint, you've hit the nail on the head. It was exactly that. Um, so in one of the interviews they had, obviously there was a couple where it was shot at the ground. Um, in one of them, I touched on that. We were asked about the financial side of the game. And he was saying, you know, the ramifications. And the reality is we were all on a wage. We needed that wage, you know, that's the short and long of it. We we were earning to to put food on the table for for our families and everything. You know, obviously the younger lads are, are earning for different reasons. They're earning to try and boost the career, but we're all fighting for that wage to obviously keep ticking over. Um, that's the realities of football at that level. I, I mean, I read a, st- a statistic once: three percent. So we were in the top three percent of footballers in the world, and the reality is my wage needed to be replaced that month after. So, and that is the nature of the beast at that level. It's, and to be honest, it's what you sign up for. You know, ultimately, I could sit here and go, oh, it's not fair. But I got to pay me bills for, for 16 years full time playing football. Like, as much as I didn't earn the money or have the career that, I, that, you know, maybe as a youngster I wanted or that, you know, maybe at times me, me ability could have, could have done. Um, I didn't, and I wouldn't trade it for anything, to be honest. I've made some great memories, some great friends, got things that, you know, that I could talk about forever on it, and that's that's what you sign up for. And like I say, I'm very, very lucky that I managed to pay my bills for 16 years playing football. I still do now, to an extent, to be fair, with Ballard, but yeah. Yeah, tell us tell us about what you're up to now. Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm just tossing about everywhere, so I've got it. Um, so at the minute, I'm obviously still playing a Ballard part-time, but... The legs aren't working. I have a use of work, to be honest. So I've, I'm sort of coming to terms with that. Then um, I've got my own coaching company, which is which is really good. Um, really enjoy it. It's great to to deliver. You know, without blowing smoke up my ass, it's it's good to deliver. You know, good quality coaching to people who you know maybe don't get that in grassroots or you know we're looking for that push to try and get you know into the system and so on. And you know, it's somewhere where I've been able to use you know my contacts at Wrexham to push kids into Wrexham's youth team. You know contacts at Crew, contacts with Everton, Liverpool. 
So it's good that I've been able to do that for create opportunities for you know for kids who are in my area and everything. Then I'm working part time at Evan in terms of it's weird the way they tiered it also. You, with with the youth football, you have different tiers to their development programs and so on. So I've been getting my teeth into that. I've, I've really enjoyed that working with some good talents, learning from some good coaches, um, getting the chance to to network with with numerous people within that environment. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm working in B&Q as well. So I'm a team leader in B&Q uh, on showrooms. Don't know the first thing about kitchens, but we're winging it. So um, that, that's make going it well. You make it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. To be honest, I enjoy it. I love doing it. It's, um, it's good to interact with people. It's you know, it, it's something that, that I enjoy doing. My wife works there. Um, so that's been enjoyable. It's good. Um, not so enjoyable some days, but but majority of days really good. And then, to be honest, I'm just taxiing me, me two elder sons about. We've got we've got three boys. Two of them are, are active with the football. Our rallies five nights a week, and our Ronan's like a Harlem Globetrotter at the minute. He's at United, Liverpool, Everton. So I'm just taxiing him here, there, and everywhere for no wage. <laughs> <laughs> busy, busy man. It sounds like. Yeah, honestly, oh. like it's very rare I get a chance to sit down. To be honest, but yeah. Have you managed to watch Rex much this season? And what do you sort of think of the current incarnation of the of the side? Yeah, I always I always catch the highlights. Um, I, I was fortunate to to be invited to the which game was it? First FA Trophy one at the racecourse. So who was it? I can't even remember. Oldham, is it? No, it wasn't Oldham. No, that was FA so I went to the Scunthorpe game. Um, I was made up for Bickers, to be fair. He's, he's a lad that I sort of, look, you know, I say look after. doesn't need looking after, but because he's a little lad and he was a young lad in the squad that I was a part of, I always wanted to take him, you know, under my wing a little bit. So I was made up for Jake to get his chance and to, to get his goal. So I was buzzing that I was there for that one. Um, like I say, I'll follow the highlights and everything. And if I'm honest, I think the squad's really good. I think it's been built with a clear vision. Um it's a, it's a club that, ref, uh, well, it's a squad that reflects the town, that reflects the club. I think it's doing a really good job. I think Phil Parkinson's done brilliant with it. Um, I couldn't speak highly enough of it, to be honest. I think it's it's been assembled really well and I, I, I think it will end in promotion. I don't want to jinx anything, I don't want to, but I, I think it will. I think they've got a lot of talent, but again, aside from the talent, it's got a lot of players who understand the values of the club and, you know, and show that with how they're playing. Did you manage to catch any of the uh, Sheffield United game? Yeah, to be fair, I, I watched most of the second half because I was in work for a bit of it. So I watched most of the second half and then I seen the highlights again and I was gutted, to be fair. I thought thought the job was done. Certainly when, you know, when Mullen scored that late goal, I thought, here we go, here we go. I was I was gutted, to be honest, really gutted when, when they equalised. And certainly from a set play, it's, you know, it's one of those areas where you'd probably fancy Wrexham to, to defend that, that type of thing. But, you know, it wasn't to be and. I thought, though, you could see that the lads had a clear, a clear plan and a clear strategy of how they were going to attack Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United. I thought um, the character that they showed in terms of dealing with the disappointment to going the goal down early on and just staying committed to their game plan and staying after what they were good at. I thought it was it was a really professional show, and I thought again I've touched on it. You know, it represents the time really well, but I felt it represented the pyramid of football really well. It showed that there's. That there wasn't loads between the levels and the you know with a with a clear tactical plan and it it wasn't even like Mexican were dogged and had to defend deep the bits that I was watching they were they were in control of the game they were they were giving the game to Sheffield United they were taking it to them and 
it was brilliant to watch, to be honest. And again, you know, maybe from a selfish point of view, I've always said for years that the National League was is a very strong league. It's a very competitive league with a very good standard. And I thought Wrexham represented that and showed that brilliantly, to be honest. And it sent a big, big... For me, it sent a big message to the rest of the pyramid that you need to take this league seriously and that it needs to be viewed slightly differently because it's it's a very professional league with very talented players, very talented staff, and that it's done properly. It's not just boom ball or you know sit in your shape and put the tin hats on and wait for a, you know wait to be pelted by a higher opponent. It was we're comfortable on the ball. We're going to play through the th- thirds and we're going to we're going to cause you problems. Yeah, I mean they pressed really well against uh, against the Blades at home. Do you think the chance has gone away from home though? Do you think it's a tall order to go to Bramall Lane and you know, in many ways the Blades know what's coming a little bit after that first match? I think it's difficult. Um, I, I certainly think it's difficult, and I and I fully understood the feeling of you know being deflated certainly because you know I think we scored in the eighty seventh minute, didn't we? You know they've equalised in the ninety third, ninety fourth, ninety fifth, whatever it was. I get it. That's it. You know, it's a kick in the it's a kick in the balls, whether it's a league game, a cup game, or whatever. Certainly, a kick in the balls against the championship side. But if I'm honest, I, I think Sheffield United would have done would have done all their due diligence for the first game. They won't be, they won't have been surprised in the first game. And Wrexham still managed to to impose themselves on the game. I, I don't think it'll be tough going to Sheffield United. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not undervaluing them. They're the top side. They're you know they're on the cusp of the Premier League. Um, but I don't think they've undervalued them at the race course. I certainly don't think they'll underestimate them at Bramall Lane. I think Wrexham have got a great chance. I think the draw with Tottenham, I think that that helps Wrexham, to be really honest, because, you know, Sheffield United are fighting for the Premier League. You know, we have to put it into context. And I know both clubs' main objective is promotion. But ultimately, for Tottenham to come to the race course is a bigger, bigger event than them going to Bramall Lane. So I think Sheffield United might look at that and think, you know, maybe do we rest a couple? Do we do we try and use the squad a little bit? And I think that could be a you know a great opportunity for Wrexham because as I say, if you look at it on paper, Wrexham's, you know, it's a League One squad. They it's it's not it's not a poor squad. It's a very strong squad. There's not a lot between the two squads in terms of you know, level wise there may be, you know, four three divisions between them, but there's not there's not Three division gap in, in ability level, so I, I honestly think that draw with Tottenham could be a big, big factor in Wrexham's favour. To be honest, because they'll want that draw more than Sheffield United want it, and they need it more than Sheffield United need it. Yeah, there's been a few of our fans sort of suggesting <laughs> should we rest players, but I was just thinking, you know, yourself as a player and the players that we've got, they're not going to want to sit this one out, and they've got the the carrot of Spurs sat there in front of them, are they? No, imagine imagine that conversation. Imagine, oh, listen, you're going to be rested to play Sheffield United away there. It's going to be, a, you know, a, a big atmosphere. You've got the, the the prospect of playing Tottenham on the back of it, but I'm going to rest you. There's no chance. I think, I think Wrexham will be fresher for it. I think it's a game that, that that can be rolled into Wrexham's calendar. I get that it's a busy calendar in terms of fixtures and everything. You know, we've already got, you know, is it two games in hand still on Notts County? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's still two games around there, and I get they've got to fit into the schedule. But the opportunity to play at Bramall Lane, that's not something that's a chore. It's not. It's not like you know, yeah. being honest, it's not like Wheelstone away on a Tuesday night where you 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 know you're dreading <laughs> getting there and you're thinking, oh Christ, this is going to be a terrible game. It's Sheffield. Yeah, I don't think we can turn our nose up against it, can we? <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? And that's not disrespecting Wheelstone. That's my personal opinions from you know from. When, 
when I was playing a little <laughs> bit like, again on this one on a Tuesday night it's no good but um, it's, you can uh, disrespect it's, Wilson if you like mate you've earned that right that's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fair team that coming to me head to be honest it was either Wheelstone <laughs> or Maidenhead to be honest well Maidstone one of the three but um, yeah it's it, do you know what I mean it's, it's, it's something that they'll look forward to it won't fatigue them in the slightest that'll energise them if anything so the players will be fresh and ready to go for that type of game. It's impossible not to be excited and man up for that game. So it, it, they won't feel fatigued on the back of it or anything, not not emotionally, not physically. So it's it's something that they'll thrive for. And it'll, if anything, it'll energise the rest of the season, that fixture. Let's hope so. Paul, uh, we'd love to talk to you all day, but we can't. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, always good to have you on the podcast. And hopefully we'll speak to you around June uh, when you're about to fly out to America. Yeah, that's it. Hopefully, I haven't blown my chances with that early bit, but it, yeah, it was just like I say, it's, it's nothing that I'm excited for. And like I say, any time you want me on, I'm happy to come on and talk nonsense. Top man, send us a thanks, Paul. See you send soon. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Cheers, mate. Right now we're joined by uh, Man City women's team manager Gareth Taylor, who's a popular striker at, during his time at the race course. Uh, what was his nickname, Liam? His nickname? Sorry, you took me completely by surprise there. I believe that would be Sexy Gareth Taylor. Um, Did you give him that nickname? Glenn... I would, to be fair. Yeah, he's quite not quite on Glenn Little sort of levels, but you know, he's 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 not far off the lad. Yeah, well, he's still stunning now. Uh, I spoke to him a couple of days ago, went through a few things um, about about his career time at Wrexham, the obligatory Dean Saunders story, and what he thinks about the Blades. Here he is. Gareth, first up, as a former Blade and a former Dragon, did you manage to catch any of the game over the weekend? Unfortunately not. We had a game ourselves, so I was travelling home at the time, but uh, managed to see the highlights. Yeah. I mean, uh, did you, how did you think Wrexham played? Do you think um, they really took it to a championship side? Yeah, they played well. Played really well. I mean, I've kept an, an avid watch on them this season in terms of how they're doing. Pushing for promotion right at the top there with Notts County. So, mm. um, yeah, I've been impressed with, uh, with the way they've, they've handled things this season so far and uh, look to be in good shape. Um, what's your prediction for, for the replay? I think um, I still wouldn't be surprised if Wrexham went there and, and finished the job off. I mean, they were so close on uh, on the weekend. But um, no, I think it's it's still a really top achievement to take a championship team like that to a replay. Especially Sheffield, you know, they've been quite frugal, not giving away many goals this season. So going and score three at the race course was was impressive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just overall, what's your sort of take on what's happening with Rex and with sort of like the Hollywood, uh, the Hollywood injection? I mean, it just came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. But it seems to be moving in the right in the right space really well. You know, I think Phil Parkinson's done a really good job there. He's been given, you know, a decent period of time, and he's rewarded them by getting really close this season. I mean, they were close last season, got to a fi- another final as well, so. I think uh, things are really moving in the right direction for the club. 
Yeah. And if we can sort of uh, turn it back a bit, turn back time to your time at Wrexham. Um, every time we get uh, an ex-pro from, from that era on, they've always got a Dean Saunders story. What's your favourite <laughs> Dean Saunders story? Does it involve, I don't know, bags of cash in the, backs of, in the back of cars or, or what else have we had? Lawnmowers? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm just trying to think of one that is suitable in principle. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be suitable. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you can dig him out. I mean, Dean, uh, the thing with Dean was he was so uh, so passionate about the game and, and also um, so passionate about everything. And I just think he had a small team of staff around him. And he was good with me because he gave me an opportunity to start my real coaching journey. So I was obviously still player, player coach in my last couple of seasons there. Was able to take the reserves, which was great. And the good thing with Dean is that he was there and he was present and he was listening to everything that I was saying, whether it be pre-match or half-time. Because I'm, again, there I was standing up in front of my teammates, which was yeah. a priceless experience. Um, and the real difficult thing for Dean would have been not to have stepped in at that time because he was yeah. very hands-on. Uh, and so hands-on that you would turn up some days and he would be pushing the groundsman off the lawnmower, off the sit-down and be cutting the grass. Or, yeah. or Charlie would be doing the white lines and he'd be pushing him out of the way, doing the white lines. And then some of the funny ones with Dean would just be like, again, it's pure enthusiasm. On like a match day minus one, we'd be preparing for games. And he'd have like decent technicians as well. So the likes of Dean Keats, who was very good set plays, Jay Harris yeah. a little bit. Um, and uh, he'd be pushing these lads out of the way. So he'd be going like, take a corner like this. So they do a couple of corners and they go, do it like this. So he'd, he'd, he'd like dock up the three first balls, the first three balls. So he was like, give me another ball. Take another one. Get that wrong. Give me another one. Take that one. Get it wrong. And then the lads, lads are starting to snigger a little bit behind his back. And he'd be like, Brian, big Brian Carey. Brian, give me another ball. So anyway, he'd get one right eventually. And then Keatsy would grab her, but he said, do it like that. And Keatsy goes to put one ball, and then he'd go, right, move on. We're going to three kicks now, and it'd be the same process again. So Dean would be, Dean Keats would take a free kick, get it wrong, and he'd go, give me a ball, Brian, let me show him. And he'd take about four or five free kicks, get them all wrong, get the last one on target, and then Keatsy lines up to take one. No, let's move on the other side now. So what you'd have is, and he never realised, is that Dino was practising a lot, but he wasn't, he wasn't playing the following day. <laughs> Keatsy was. So yeah, he, he was full on. His, his enthusiasm was like second to none. But he just sometimes, you know, he uh, he couldn't help. But um, and and the thing with him was he was only trying to help the players. I think some yeah. of his shooting drills were really, really uh, interesting for me as a coach now to see him specifically working with the strikers and talking about the techniques that he would use in this situation when the ball comes down the side and you're facing the goal, the technique. It was very good in that space thing. Very good. The only problem is you'd be out there for five, six hours. Yeah. And before you know it, they were switching the lights on. I felt sorry for the likes of Adrian Chesovitz, who I think was he was in his ear all the time. Um, just, um, just as we're tying up, we've got what we have on the pod. It's called the Fearless in Devotion moment. It's a moment where it fills you with the most sort of passion or pride playing for Wrexham. Is there any sort of big match or moment that sort of sticks in your mind? Yeah, there certainly was. I think it was the, um, and you'll have to remind me on this one, the, the, the reason and the rationale behind it. But we, we played Luton and it yeah. wasn't in the playoffs and it was a home game. Mick Arthur was manager of Luton. I knew Mick quite well from my time at Nottingham Forest. And it was the, um, 
the anniversary of the mining incident. Yeah, the Gresford colliery disaster. Gresford, yeah, yeah, the Gresford, and um, you know, we there was a there was a really wonderful me- memorial service, and the fans were amazing. And uh, someone came and sang the Welsh national anthem, and it was so inspiring that I remember speaking to Mick Af- afterwards. Mick Harford, we won the game, and he said we had no chance tonight. We had no chance with the crowd and the way they were, and it was an evening game at the race course and. You know, the fans were so passionate and everyone was behind it. The players were inspired and it was, yeah, that was a moment I really remember. Um, Wrexham's women's team has applied to go into the top league for next season. It's sort of, it's a growing sort of uh, sort of side of, of the club. Is there like one piece of advice you could give them as they sort of try and move on, move onwards and upwards? I think, um, I think like the, they, they want to enjoy it. That's the main thing is they're doing it for a reason. It's because they love the game and they need to enjoy it. So I think that's really important that the design of everything there has to be, let's try and get the best for these girls because the effort levels that I've seen, I've been like amazed with. I mean, I work with academy players on the lad side for, you know, eight or nine years, even here at Man City. And sometimes they can go away from that love of the game where it becomes a job. And I think the important thing is to to maintain the fun aspect of it, make sure they're enjoying it, make sure they're feeling that they've got every possible uh, available resource there. And, you know, I can see it changing a lot. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of improvements being made to the women's game. And, you know, I think certainly trying to create that equality for young girls to have the same as what the young boys get, I think is really important. Yeah. Last one from me. It's it's a very quick fire round. It's about your time at Wrexham. Just the first player that comes into your mind. Just a couple of questions. Who was the most skillful? Ooh. Uh, Christian Smith. Chris, Christian Smith, I'll go. Wow, wow. We've never had him before. <laughs> Who was the worst dressed? I was going to say Christian Smith again. Uh, <laughs> worst dressed? Jamie Tolley. Oh, yeah. We'll have that one. Who was the most underrated? Who didn't get the plaudits they deserved? Uh, Chris Blackburn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the biggest moaner? Now, people always oh, say... Neil, yeah. Neil Ashton. After, yeah, okay. Probably me, yeah. And, me, and, me and Neil Ashton, were, uh, we had a good fight for that one. Yeah, you, you have been mentioned a few times on that. <laughs> and the last one for me is, who would you least like to have fight? Oh, Christ. Um, Eddie Tabubi. I keep in contact with Eddie. He's a good he lad. Is. Yeah, he's oh, working wow. as assistant coach for the Mali national team. Is he? God, yeah, he's, sort of yeah. he's been over. He's been over and visited for a few days. He's a great guy. But yeah, he was a lunatic, crazy Eddie. If you ever get a contact for him, we would love to talk to to, okay. to, to Booby. That would be absolutely yeah. brilliant. I'll get Emma to forward on to you. Gareth, thank you so much for your time. Really, no really problem. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Thank you very much to Gaz Taylor um, for his time. Handsome Gaz, was he was he as handsome uh, over the Zoom, Andy, as he as he looks in the flesh? He does. I mean, the guy doesn't age. He looks exactly how he did uh, when he was playing for us about eleven years ago. What a Go guy! Yes, Botox. Good for him. Well done, Gaz. And thank you very much for for his time. Obviously, looking forward to that game on Tuesday. Um, Tim, you've got a message for us though for the for the listeners. Yeah, I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to Andy's Man Club, um, which is like a, a national men's suicide prevention charity, which offers 
sort of free peer-to-peer support groups across the UK, including in Wrexham. And uh, a couple of guys from the Wrexham branch were at the afternoon game in the away end uh, on Saturday, just just raising awareness of what Andy's Mancrum's all about, and that's, you know, it's okay to talk amongst men, that sort of stuff. And just wanted to give them a shout shout out because um, they were the charity partner of the game, so Altrincham um, were doing it as well as the Wrexham lads were doing it too. So. And the players wore, wore Andy's Man Club shirts during the pre-match warm-up. So, yeah, it was just just a shout-out for them and all the good work they're doing. And please go and check them out at Andy's Man Club uh, UK. Uh, hashtag it's okay to, uh, okay to talk, I think. Is that the one? It's okay to talk, yes. That's the one. So please go and check them out. Do good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, well done to the club for supporting that on uh, Tuesday night, uh, sat- Saturday evening also. Tuesday night now. What do we have, Andy? Big game predictions. Are we doing them? Yeah, let's do predictions. I've I got uh, spot on two uh, one, Altrincham. Um, so I why, win. Why, a why, why don't you marry your prediction then? That's uh, I win a million points. Million podcast points for Mr. Gilpin. Yeah, you're not going to mil- you're not going to win a million dollars like like uh, Mr. Rutherford, are you? There is no. The Absolutely. I hope they like. It'd be nice if they won and then just just. Went off with the money, and like Paul <laughs> right. and it's, Matt it's... Carrington are just. Hey, it'd be good for the documentary. Yes, yeah. right. Anyway, so oh, do I want a glorious defeat? Do I want to play Spurs? Do I want to play Spurs when I'm in New Zealand and can't watch it? Um, you selfish I'm... bastard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, You've taken a day off for this. I know. I know. I because I, I, I want to go to Bramall Lane. I think it'll be another great atmosphere. Can I be absolutely honest? I think our chance has gone. I think it's going to be a narrow loss. I still think we're going to put in a great display, but I think they're going to beat us 2 1. Reese? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. You know, they're a better side than Coventry. Um, it, it's a tough ask. It, it could happen. The team is absolutely capable of it, and, you know, they've been working incredibly hard, but I just think it will be a bridge too far. Um, I'm going to say 3 1 to Sheffield United. Sourpuss Reese. Tim? Ah, oh, my heart says we're going to win 2-1. My head says we're going to lose 2-1 after extra time. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to lose 2-1, but not for the one to try and... Uh, yeah. Finally? I think we'll give them a game, give them a bit of scare, a couple of goals just for the limbs, but we'll lose heroically 3-2. Oh, right. We'll put a few past them then. I was hoping you might go 6-0 us. Let's just edit that, that you said 6-0 us. I actually I actually thought it was 12, to be honest. We're going to win okay, 12. Fair enough. All right, okay. Good. As long as McBurney or Egan don't score and cup, cups his ears again. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's hope not. I'd imagine we're going to have a back three of... Play with Toza and O'Connor. There's no uh, other option, really, is there? And get James think, Jones on. Yeah, I think James Jones did really well when he came on. He that energy just really helped with our press. And I think against a quality side like that, we're going to need to to press and drop off them a little bit. And I think James Jones is key to that. I I, I could see that happening. Sorry, you know what? I'm changing my I'm changing my prediction. We're going to win two nil. Oh. No, we're going to win two one because it, it it sets us up nicely. Two days later. Two-year anniversary of the takeover by Rob Lyon. What a way to mark that two-year anniversary with another wonderful win against Premier League elect opposition. 
Well, what a way to end the podcast. Um, Liam, I noticed that someone on Red Passion pointed out that I mixed my metaphors last week, didn't I? And said that has anyone got their, their ears to the ground on uh So can you all get your, get your ears, as I would say, off the ground and put your noses to the ground and find out who you're signing in the next couple of months, please? <laughs> I've used on Red Passion. <laughs> Okay, good. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Always appreciated. Uh, up the town for Tuesday, and see you next week. See you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.